Hello and welcome to the Stadium Tech Report podcast. I'm Phil Harvey, but enough about me. Let's go way over to Boulder, Colorado and say hello to the editor-in-chief of the Mobile Sports Report, Mr. Paul Kaputska. Hello, Phil. How are you today? You know, the Cubs clinched the Central Division crown, so I'm a happy boy. Oh my God, what year is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's great. Good for the Cubbies. I'm sorry. It, yes. it, it, you know, yes. it, it is a better, uh, it's a better sports world when the Cubs are competitive. I do agree. And uh, the Rangers aren't doing too bad themselves. They are, uh, they are, no. they are hanging in there. No, and football started, and we're all happy about that. Yes, indeed. And good God, there are a number of ways to watch our favorite sport these <laughs> days. Um, in fact, you know, our stories this week uh, revolve around uh, the idea of consuming what used to be a stadium event anywhere you want to, <laughs> and. You know what? We'll talk a little bit about what pressure that puts on uh, the stadium, you know, technology environment, but also just the just the reality that it opens up um, by acknowledging the fact that consumers really want media their way on their device, no holds bar. Um, especially the NFL. Especially the NFL, and and I mean, it's the last one too. It's the last excuse that most people have for for hanging on to their cable subscriptions. But oh wait, look at this in Recode uh, this week, Recode.net. Uh, the headline, which something we had already talked about, says, "This is what it was like to watch the NFL on Twitter." Now. Just first of all, never thought I would actually read that out loud in a in a headline. That's a <laughs> that's a that's an interesting uh, uh, sign of the times, I guess. Um, but what the you know, a couple of uh, uh, writers for Recode, both um, in in the story, they did a little uh, what they call Friday morning quarterbacking. They uh, they watched the Thursday night football game between the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets, which was played on uh, September fifteenth, and. It was streamed live on Twitter, uh, the first NFL game that's ever been uh, streamed live. And one of them watched it on the Twitter app uh, and showed us a picture in the story of his uh, Twitter app and uh, on his phone and the fact that he was watching it while shopping for groceries. The other reporter uh, watched it at home on an Apple TV. Both had good things to say about uh, the overall experience in terms of, yes, it was a football game. It looked just like it should um, you know, they were basically just mirroring the coverage that CBS uh, cameras, I believe, uh, recorded. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things uh, uh, that, that was brought up here uh, on the Twitter app, Kurt, uh, the report, uh, reporter for Recode, <laughs> said, uh, uh, I was surprised how easy it was to jump into the game on a mobile phone. I didn't need to download a new app or authenticate with my pay TV provider two major obstacles for me and I imagine others whenever I consider streaming something on my phone. Uh, uh, Peter, the other one who watched it on his Apple TV, said the exact same thing. No authentication needed, no, um, you know, setting up another right. password or anything like that. So right. it, Twitter and the NFL did have one thing going for them and that uh, ease of use was definitely in the forefront. Right, but um, I, I would, you know, redirect you back to the rest of the story and you know something i think we predicted about this as well the the whole i think some of the whole buzz both before this game was on last night and 
you know, certainly afterwards, I've been reading through the coverage today, and there's almost a universal agreement that the heralded combination of Twitter's social media feed and the live video just, it was a complete meh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing about Twitter, the thing that makes Twitter you know, great for me, not just as a media person, but also as a sports fan, is that I am the editor. To me, Twitter is the only service out of all the ones that have tried to be, you know, a personalized news service. And God knows you and I have seen so many of these come and go. Yeah. Twitter is the only one that works because I get to pick exactly who I want in my Twitter feed. So my stream is much different, I'm sure, than your stream. Right. It's much different than somebody else's stream. You know, when I when I watch a football game on TV, I will have Twitter open on the phone because I'm following, you know, major media columnists. I'm following TV personalities like a Scott Van Pelt, a Jim Rome, somebody who I know is going to have a take uh-huh. during the game that's going to be something that I may not, you know, may not occur to me. And then, you know, maybe you have a, a real nuts and bolts guy like an Adam Schefter who's, you know, on top of who's playing, who's contract, et cetera. The, the, the feed in the game last night, and I watched for a little while on Twitter, it, it was just it, it was just really just sort of basic algorithm. Boy, the NFL is fun. Boy, go Jets. You know, go Bills. I, I mean, to me, that's not even Twitter. That's just annoyance. So I was surprised, really, with all the hoopla, with all the money they're spending, that there wasn't a better effort to make it more Twitter and, and less just another streamed NFL game. Yeah, interesting that it went, they went so far in the user experience, provided a great user experience, perfectly accessible via all the devices, and then they gave up the one thing that made it unique to Twitter which is right. the personalization. That's that's a strange thing for me. I wonder if there's some pressure on them to sanitize, to provide a sanitized experience. I, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out what the logic was there. Well, there's two things, and I, I think there's actually one, and I will just go on the record here. I've tried to ask both the NFL and Twitter um, for time for an interview, and they just flatly refuse to grant one because I think they know what my question is going to be. Mm -hmm. There's a time delay problem that is always going to keep a stream Twitter game from being, uh, you know, I'll, I'll explain this more clearly. I'll start over and explain this more clearly. When you have a streamed live feed, it trails broadcast often by a significant amount. Yes. Whether it's a few seconds or I think the last Super Bowl was, you know, two plays behind. Uh Now, now the problem there is Twitter, you know, 140 characters on the Internet is instantaneous. There's no delay at all. So you have a gap problem of where tweets could be coming in from somebody who's watching a broadcast game that spoil or are ahead of what you're watching on your live stream feed. This is just a, it's nobody's fault. It's just physics, right? It takes time to code a broadcast signal into something you can put on the internet. It it doesn't take, you know, hours, but there is a delay. It's a noticeable delay if you're watching one streamed and watching one live. So I think the reason they're doing that is because they want to get away from the problem and, NBC at the last Olympics had this problem. Yeah. They, they had a, 
a live streamed view with a social media feed down the side and you're watching a ski race. I, I just remember this, the giant slalom. And, you know, people are tweeting the results on the side three racers before you've watched them come <laughs> down. So I, I think this is something they haven't figured out yet and their way to solve it is to just, you know, present a curated feed where they can, you know, stop anything or keep anything out that says, hey, touchdown, you know, while you're still watching the quarterback back up from center. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I don't have any answers. I don't have any information because, uh, you know, frankly, they refuse to talk about it publicly. But um, that's my guess. I don't think they've solved that problem. And frankly, I don't know how you solve that problem. No, it, you know, like you said, it's physics. It also, it keeps, um, I, you know, when you're watching the game on broadcast television, even even broad, even between broadcast TV, if you're watching on something like Uverse, you can always tell which one of your friends has satellite TV. Because <laughs> they're getting the game just a few, you know, seconds before you are. And I'm watching yes. them break the huddle and line up. And then I'm looking mm-hmm. down at my Twitter feed and somebody's screaming about a penalty. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, right. you know, you still, even, even on different TV, uh, even on different pay TV systems, you have that delay. And, and you're right. It's even worse when you go uh, online and take it to a social media platform, especially when, like I said, it's not just the customization; it's the immediacy of Twitter. That's what everybody likes about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you could put that, you know, when you looked at it in the vertical mode on your phone right. last night, the the screen, the football action was at the top horizontal, and then the Twitter feed was underneath it. You know, I I would love that if I had my Twitter feed going down that stream. To me, that might be kind of cool. Yeah, but but again, you know, I don't. I don't see a, a fit on one screen here, and I, you know, I'm all about social media. I'm all about second screen. There's a reason why second screen works. It's because anything else, I think, you know, on a big screen TV is a distraction. Right. You want to watch. You know, there's a reason why people keep buying bigger and bigger screens. It's not because they want a Twitter feed on the side of it. It's because they want to see more action. Yeah. So I, I just feel like, you know. I don't know. And the I, TV just, product these days is so yeah. damn good. I mean, oh, yeah. when you can sit there on your high-def TV and look at individual blades of grass from, you know, 10 feet away, that's that's amazing. You know, that's yeah. the, the clarity and the, and the sound and everything is so good that it really does diminish everything when you go to a lesser screen and then try to navigate through, like you say, a curated feed on top of that. The other thing yeah. I would say is... I mean, for people in the stadium world, hey, congratulations. <laughs> Sitting in a stadium and opening Twitter is still the best, um, you know, <laughs> yes. of, of the best possible combination of those two worlds, online and offline. Um, oh, yeah. So, yes, totally agree. So the streaming hasn't won out, but uh, but that uh, that brings us to, okay, what's left <laughs> if we're not <laughs> if we're not wh- where is the battle then paul if we're not consuming this on facebook or on twitter well you, you know i i think the the mainstream if you will tech media you know overhyped twitter's entry into this just because they all know twitter and probably none of them know or, or very few of them know how much actual streaming has been going on i mean espn streams more than anybody right i mean if you watch college football at all you go on the weekend and they're streaming 10 different games if you remember a couple of years ago they did that mega cast thing from the uh 
college football uh, championship game. Right. Where they had, yeah. It, it, you could go. You could go the all twenty-two view. You could. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that is to me really exciting. Where you're using the medium to um, differentiate. But I would say, when it comes to streaming, you know, I have, as you do, a telecom background. I feel like you know, the two people who aren't being talked about enough are Verizon and AT and T. And you know, we've had a couple big news stories lately around. Um, those two, because they're going to become the two biggest streamers of NFL. I mean, Verizon already is yeah, with yeah. NFL mobile. I, I mean, they won't release numbers, but you have to think that that thing's in the 5 to 10 million user mark every weekend. Yeah, exactly. Your uh, and, story on Mobile Sports Report uh, this week uh, says Verizon, yes. Verizon drops data charges for live NFL streaming via NFL mobile app. So it was charging its customers. It's now no longer charging its customers for the data that they use while watching live NFL games via the NFL mobile app. Um, and you know what? Good for them. I mean. Oh, it, well, it's, you know, it's, there is some question about this. And I, I can't remember the term that they use for this. This opens up a little bit of net neutrality question. Right? Yeah, it it's does. Like, you know, are they, are they unfairly using their advantage here? Um, it, you know, to provide content and, and say, you know, we're not charging you data for this, but we'll charge you data for everything else. Look, let's leave that argument aside. There's plenty of people who are ready and willing to argue about this. There's, you know, lobbyists being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to argue this. So we'll let them argue it and figure it out. As a football fan, it's completely great because I can tell you on Mobile Sports Report, the highest traffic story we have ever done that continues to earn eyeballs and page views uh -huh. is one that I wrote about how much data do you use up watching a football game on your phone? <laughs> and, of course. And as I, as I said this week, the new answer, if you're a Verizon customer, it's zero. I, I mean, that I used to sit there and watch you know, football games everywhere on my phone, not right. just because I'm a geek and not just because I'm, I do mobile sports report, but because, look, you know, TV live football is still the last appointment, as you were saying, the last appointment, you know, sort of programming there is. Mm -hmm. But our, our lives have changed, and there's so much football on TV. You can't possibly spend, I mean, I can't possibly spend all day Sunday watching the morning game and the afternoon game and the Sunday night game. You know, you start doing other stuff, but while you're doing that other stuff, you still sometimes have time to go, hey, I've got five minutes here waiting for someone. I think I'll watch some of the Giants game. Here. Yeah. Watch yeah, the yeah. Giants play the Cowboys. And 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 you really you really can do that now. The you know, the NFL mobile app is great in terms of its ability to stream live uh live data. I've heard the Sunday ticket one, which is through Direct T V, which AT and T now owns, is also very good. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, my point I guess is if you're looking to companies who have you know the sort of financial i mean for, what did twitter pay the nfl 10 million for 10 games yeah verizon paid 1 billion yeah. for 4 years that's a you know that's a significant what do they call that uh, you know that's a significant difference there yeah. and verizon and at&t throw off what 30 40 billion in revenue a quarter i, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a verizon buy uh an ESPN or an ABC, right? I mean, this right. is, this is how I'm thinking. That there's no doubt that people want to watch 
live sports when it's happening. We talked about this last on our last podcast about the Olympics. The NFL is even more so, especially when you start throwing in fantasy players who you know just want to sit there and camp out on red zone all day long. And uh, you know, I just I feel like Verizon and AT and T are going to be the uh, two biggest ones in the ring slugging it out. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. The um, uh, the interesting thing with Verizon too. I mean, I just have to bring this up: is that most, um, you know, if you think about most DSL services going into homes that powers the the home's Wi-Fi network, um, most in, in most homes, most of the routers are either pretty old or not sufficient to stream an entire uh, uh, video. Uh, you know, high-def video experience over Wi-Fi. So you may as well watch it over LTE because I think uh, the LTE experience, if nothing else, is really, really consistent, whereas uh, Wi-Fi, especially on some of the older routers, can be choppy, can go in and out, can you know, it can be good for a while, bad for a while. Um, But the way the LTE network is designed, it's designed to be really, really uh, consistent, very level. And, and just for uh, for disclosure, I've got a an ice cream truck just passed by my house out, outside. So <laughs> ice cream! In case anybody heard the uh, the, the crazy music, uh, you're, you're not you're not going uh, you're not going nuts. You're not hearing things. It's uh, it's 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 just me in suburbia. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get me one of those bars with the peanuts? Yeah, I know. I, I, I was just thinking a, a Nutty Buddy or something like that would be great right about now. Um, the uh, <laughs> one last story then on this. Let's talk about AT and T specifically. Um, right. The headline in multi-channel news uh, was that uh, Stevens says that uh, the Sunday ticket will push AT and T video over the goal line. Now AT and is a weird bird here because they've got two video services. They've got the wireline based UVerse TV, and then they've had right. the, you know they've acquired satellite Direct TV. Um, the wireline based UVerse TV is getting um, pushed to the side because it just simply doesn't have enough subscribers on it to, to cut the kind of content deals that they need to cut. Um, and it costs AT&T more money to deliver that service than it does to deliver DirecTV. And then you add on top of it, DirecTV is the one that had the NFL Sunday ticket and that innovation and, and you know, yep. that deal with the NFL. So, what what you end up with is uh you know and AT&T's done this to me personally as a customer is they will call you up and offer to switch you to DirecTV even if you're a happy Uverse customer with no complaints <laughs> just because they really want to get out from under the uh the the strain of having to deliver uh channels via their uh, uh broadband network well yeah i mean what which product would you rather sell would you rather sell hey i'm selling you a pipe with a lot of gigabytes right or would you rather say you know you get tom brady every sunday see and that's it, it, that's a great point because this is verizon's appetite at&t hasn't shown this appetite yet until they bought direct tv but you know, here they are yeah but see verizon bought you know, AOL, it's, it's bought other um, uh, media properties that, uh, uh, that, that you've got mail. Yeah. Well, they, that, <laughs> that create, create and curate content. And yeah, you know, as lame as they are, didn't, they're, they're didn't, s- didn't AOL win the internet. I seem to remember a book. Uh, <laughs> I did. Yes. Never mind. How Never s- mind. Steve Case and AOL won the internet. 
Never mind. We we were there, but <laughs> put it out of your memory. <laughs> We've moved on. Um, the uh, but but my point being that Verizon has actually been the content acquirer because they realize you're not just going to have to you, you can't just sell a pipe. You've got to fill it with something. Uh, yeah, I mean Comcast bought NBC, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, and 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 so here's a you know here's AT and T. So their big uh, bet in this area was Directv. They've got the Sunday ticket um, in the story. It says while DirecTV had robust growth over quarterly periods, it added uh, uh, 328,000 and 342,000 net new subscribers in the first and second quarters, respectively. So it's still adding subscribers where where just about every other landline video service is losing at this point. Yeah, and and they are also there's a a deal where if you live in an apartment building and you can't get DirecTV but you have some other kind of broadband, you can still buy Sunday ticket and have it, you know, OTT, have it streamed over whatever broadband, you know, service you're using, which to me is like another aha. It's like, yeah, wow. It, you know, this, this is not about selling satellite services. It's not about that at all. It is about live NFL content. And they haven't even started really to um, really utilize you know, if you're a DirecTV, if you're a Sunday Ticket customer, you get every game streamed to your phone. Right. The Verizon NFL mobile pack is is just, I, I believe they they haven't. You know, the information on the Verizon website is completely terrible. That they even have a review of the app from 2014 <laughs> on their own website. Nice. They, they don't care, right? They're they're just selling so much of this. They 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 don't need to update it. But the Verizon package is just local games and national broadcast games so if you're you know in dallas you get whenever the cowboys are on you don't get the out of town games and the other times but you will get the sunday night game you get the monday night game you get all the thursday night games and they usually throw in all the playoffs but but my point is you know there's no other content that's more compelling than nfl football right is it nine of the top ten uh, TV programs viewed last year were all NFL games. Mm-hmm. Yep, and one I think was NBA Game Six or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Direct TV, the Sunday ticket, and they just renewed that deal too for uh, something like fifteen billion dollars. So it, eventually, they will use one to leverage the other. Um, in terms of, yes. you know, when AT and T realizes, okay, we're in a saturated market with mobile. Um, every household now has, you know. It has more than one mobile device. Um, the, that's that saturation. Um, broadband is getting saturated. You know, we're we're well over eighty percent penetrated in terms of houses that have broadband or some sort of uh, fast internet service. So there really isn't room for growth in any of these markets. But what they can do is win back customers from cable from other uh, competitors. And the way they can do that is say, hey, by the way buy our broadband, buy our mobile devices, and you get this. And then they add the content play on top of it. Um, If they can do that effectively via their own network and use that leverage, um, not that it can't be a compelling offer to, you know, anyone anywhere on any device, which I'm sure is also their strategy, but I think they can also effectively, uh, and I haven't seen them do it yet, but I bet they will, bundle that NFL ticket content uh, NFL Sunday ticket content with some sort of mobile device subscription, some sort of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, some sort of, you know, broadband subscription. It, you do that and you're going to find it very hard 
to, you know, the, the customers won't churn nearly as quickly as they no. will without content. No, no. So it, it, I, I've, I found the, the numbers on that. The direct TV pays NFL about one and a half billion a year hmm. for the Sunday ticket rights. That's, so. that's a few dollars. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter me that. Yeah, really, exactly. Well, see, yeah, these are bigger deals at, at just a completely different scale, and uh, so yeah, I guess you know, for the time being, we can kind of pause with the idea that um, that that these social networks are going to uh, you know take the momentum away from pay TV in a, in the in the way that, no. that they have. I mean, they they there's certainly been a lot of cord cutting um, you know in terms of primetime TV and stuff like that, but I I really yeah. think that that you know, NFL, anything NFL is still going to heavily favor uh, companies like Verizon, companies like AT&T. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, and to get back maybe to an earlier point you made and, and bring the whole thing full circle, inside a stadium. Yeah. You know, where the content is live, actually human beings in front of you. That, to me, is where the social media battle is really going to be fought. The, you know, the, the people who are there watching that, or the people who are just watching on broadcast TV as well. Because you've got Twitter, you've got Snapchat, you've got, you know, Facebook trying to do stuff with live. To me, you know, there's there's still a very interesting battle in the second screen. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't think you know, bringing live video next to that does anything for you. No, I think the question for companies like Twitter is, okay, you've proven you can, you know, handle a live event and you can be something more than just a place where people go to discuss live events. Um, I think the next thing is, can you give us highlights and, and metadata around that event in a compelling way? Right, people tweeting from the sidelines. Come on, man. Yeah, can you can you give us the the uh, g- you know give us more <laughs> and uh, go ahead and assume that we're finding the main screen somewhere else. You know, st- yeah. stop trying to be our main screen. Go ahead and assume we're finding it somewhere else, and then give us more stuff on that second screen that can enhance that viewing experience. That's the one thing that uh, all the major pay TV providers have toyed with. Uh, Yes. you know in their own apps and they've never really been successful at it it's never been as fun as twitter and facebook and things like that no i agree um now back to the stadiums you know of course if, if, why, yeah. why are we talking about all this stuff well you know anybody who's in the stadium market look if you're hearing this and you're uh building a stadium experience this is your competition this is what you have to go up against, you know, and so whatever environment you can provide for the consumer, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the thing they would be doing at home. And, you know, it's, I say, I've got to say, it's pretty challenging when you're talking about the NFL, you know, Sunday ticket and, you know, sitting in Cowboy Stadium. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, I think you can, I've talked to the stadium managers and, you know, hands down during football season, the number one app usage they see in terms of video is Red Zone. Yeah, you know, you may be at the Cowboys game, but you may have fantasy players on six other teams. Yes, yeah. if you've been to a live game, you know how much downtime there is, right? Exactly. Why, why just sit there and watch? You know, watch the stadium when you can be, you know, watching Red Zone. To me, is just totally addictive because it's not. They say Red Zone, you know, like they only show you the scoring stuff. Mm-hmm. If you watch Red Zone, you know they show you way more than that. It's just it's always live action. There's no commercials. It's a, it's hilarious. It's like we used to watch on the West Coast 
when the East Coast games are over, they just show like entire West Coast games. I mean, forget Red Zone; it's every zone. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's great. And Verizon will charge you for that a dollar ninety nine a month. To me, that's like the best bargain in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're right about the downtime in stadiums. I mean, that's the thing that oh, that, yeah. that these network uh, providers and you know the people that maintain these stadium networks need to keep in mind is that you know yeah football and baseball are still the kings of downtime there's still a lot to do in between every out and every uh you know fourth and one our our good friend uh bill schlau who's the senior vp and uh you know in charge of the networks at uh, AT at&t stadium Mm -hmm. in san francisco you know he he tells stories now about this past spring when they had games at AT at&t park and you know, AT&T Park, not stadium. Stadiums in Dallas. Right. I know this. Um, <laughs> at AT&T Park, where fans are sitting in the stands, you're know, watching the baseball game, and they're live streaming the Warriors playoff games How on their phones. <laughs> hey. Talk about a little need for bandwidth there. Yes, you, know, you got it. It's coming if, to your stadium. You know. Now, if right? you can't do if you can do it, why not? Um, well, thanks for that. Um, how can uh, listeners to this podcast uh, find out more about Mobile Sports Report and all that that implies? Well, they can handily go to our cleverly named website, <laughs> which is mobilesportsreport.com. I'll let you know I thought that up myself. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's good. There you will find daily news, daily analysis, interviews, uh, profiles of stadiums, and a link to our other programming, such as this wonderful podcast series. You can also sign up for our weekly email newsletter, which brings all our stories to you wrapped up in a convenient bundle once a week. And you can also go there to download our quarterly reports. We are just about ready to launch our third quarter report, which is going to have a fantastic profile uh, written by our ace reporter, Terry Sweeney, about uh, the new Wi-Fi and DAZ networks at Bank of America Stadium. Cool. Uh, home of the Charlotte Panthers, or Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. Yes. Uh, we have a profile of Mall of America, uh, the Wi-Fi network at Mall of America. We have a profile of the MLS All-Star Game at Avaya Stadium. So come on by mobilesportsreport.com. We have all your stadium tech report news needs. Fantastic. And heaven forbid, if anybody needs to get a hold of me, I'm Future Phil at Future Phil on Twitter. And on behalf of Paul Kapuska and the Mobile Sports Report, I'm Phil Harvey saying thanks for listening to the Stadium Tech Report podcast.